Welcome back to another exciting episode of Hair What I'm Saying, your go-to podcast for all things beauty, style, and the ever-transforming artistry of hair. I'm your host, Kenitra, and today we have Darius from Premium Fade League sharing his insights and knowledge in the world of barbering. We've got a series of questions lined up to unravel the stories that shape our industry. How has the role of beauty and grooming professionals transformed over time? What are the significant shifts in tools and techniques that have revolutionized the way we create beauty? And perhaps most crucially, why is staying current so vital in our dynamic field? So find a cozy spot, settle in, and let's embark on a journey through the artistry of beauty and grooming. Welcome to the Hair What I'm Saying podcast. I'm your host, Kenitra Stewart. Today, we have a very special guest joining us, Darius from Premium Fade League. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for carving time, not only once, but twice. <laughs> It's, it's such a pleasure <laughs> to be on here with you. Oh, thank you. Likewise, I really appreciate that. But yeah, we had to, this is our second time recording because the audio sucked on the first one. And I was like, there is absolutely no way we can <laughs> launch that for y'all. Y'all deserve the best, especially with us featuring the first male on the podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Nothing short. Absolutely. <laughs> Darius, tell us who you are and what inspired you to become a barber. I am Darius Nouns, and what inspired me to be a barber um, was nothing at all. I had no plans or ideas to <laughs> be a barber. Okay. <laughs> um, I just got to fill to, us in. Yeah, I just so happened to stumble into it, mm -hmm. and um, I just kind of found a liking to it after about a year of just kind of doing it out of necessity or okay. out of people asking me to do it, but I never had a desire to do it the start of me doing it was really just me kind of just lining myself up in college and, you know, shaving my facial hair and stuff like that. So people, pe you know, other students around the dorm uh -huh. teammates and stuff, seeing that I was doing it like, and no one else was. So they just okay. kind of asked me like, Hey, can you just kind of touch me up the way you touch yourself up? And I'm like, you know, bro, I don't really know what, what, I'm, doing. what I'm doing. Right. But, but I can, I can help you out the best I can. So this started in college. It started in college. So I take that there was not a, variety around. of barbers no. around me if, especially not. if you're gonna do it yourself for right sure. Sure. okay so and so these your teammates so mm -hmm. what sport did you play play football you play football mm -hmm. so your teammates saw you lining yourself up yes they like what they seen mm -hmm. were these people of color or anybody yes people of color okay so it was a lack of color a, where you were where were you <laughs> I was in Arkansas. It sure is a lack of color. Yeah. <laughs> I was in Arkansas. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So you kind of just stumbled into it mm -hmm. and it just kind of went from there. Went from there. All right. All right. Cool. So how did you decide on the name premium fade league? Uh, my big bro who would teach me and just kind of show me the ropes of cutting hair. Uh -huh. um, I would FaceTime him and he would just kind of show me virtually what to do. To yourself? No. At first? Or to, uh, to the teammates? To the teammates. Okay. So initially you were just going with what you thought was right? Pretty much. And then when people start inquiring, it's like, okay, I better get a little serious. Right. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cool. And, and it wasn't even like too serious, but it was just like, you know, you just want to do your best with whatever you do. Right. And so I would FaceTime him and I, you know, while I'm cutting their hair and I'd be like, bro, like how I get this line out? And right. Like, 
okay, well, you need to open up the lever a little bit. Okay. Know, open it up all the way. He was like, all right, you know, you see that guard right there? Put that guard on and just kind of flick it. Just, you know, he would just kind of be giving me the little play-by-play. -play. So you was getting virtual lessons before virtual the pandemic. Before the pandemic. Absolutely. This was, was, was popular. Okay. But I was getting virtual lessons, you know, in that way. And he was just kind of mm -hmm. giving me the game. And once I kind of got the gist of what he was saying, like, I'll be like, hey, bro, appreciate you. And I get off the phone with him and I just kind of right. finish up. And then I send him a picture of it. And he'll be like, okay, that's cool. But he'll draw on the picture and be like, but next time, this is what you need to do. You know, and he would just really give me the game freely. Okay. And so I'm, uh, I'm forever indebted to him for not withholding, you know, the game and the late nights that I would call because we'll be up late uh -huh. and things like that. He would just give me the game freely. And I, I always appreciate him for that. Absolutely. Is he on social media at all? Being no. the barber? No. No. He hates barbering. He hates barbering. He hates Just so happen to be good at Just it. So happen to be great at it. Great at it. I know that's right. You better correct me, too. <laughs> <laughs> He's great at it, but he uh, hates it. But he hates it. Do you know why? He's a jack of all trades. Do you think it's just difficult for him to hone in in one thing? You know, that can be frustrating when you're good at a lot of things and then you just can't pick that one. He just hates it, man. He, you, I, I just feel like it's one of those things like you would have to know him to understand why he hates it. Like, okay. Because he, everything, he, he's not bad at anything. He's great at everything that he does. Okay. He just never like commits to one thing. Like it's, it's kind of hard to explain, but just. No, know, it's not. But just, no, it's not. <laughs> No, it is not. But just knowing him, mm -hmm. it's just like he's great at it, and he doesn't really, he doesn't look at it further than that. Like, and he yeah. don't even think that he's great at it. It's like other people that tell him he's great at it. But wow. Yeah, he's he's something else. Dang, I wish you could shout him out on IG so yeah. we could be following yeah. up to see <laughs> nah, who this he, great individual is. You'll never see him post a haircut picture. Gotcha. You'll never see him post a haircut picture. I have haircut pictures because he'll send them to me. Okay. But he'll never post them. And he'll tell me not to show anybody. <laughs> really? So, He's oh great. my goodness that's He's interesting great. but i do understand though yeah. i can understand how somebody can be great at something but also not enjoy it not enjoy it. yeah absolutely and i'm sure you are great at some things and you just like absolutely now yeah. i don't want to have anything to yeah. do with that right yeah yep. that's just like hiring other barbers I, I i've i've done it before and i won't do it again yeah do, do you feel like you grew the love for barbering though eventually or you just was so great at it that you didn't mind monetizing and, you know. You talking about him or me? You. Um, I mean, it was just to the point that where I kind of grew that love. Yes. You know, and, and because I, I grew that love, it was like, let me monetize on it now. Absolutely. You know, but of course that came after a period of time. Like, Absolutely. It wasn't immediate. It wasn't in the first year. Mm. You know, this is probably two, two and a half years after I kind of started catching my groove. Yeah. And so, you know, it's always just the, the law of economics of supply and demand. So... I mean, more people, if people coming to you and you got more people coming to you, that means you're probably doing something right. So Absolutely. Go ahead and do it. Especially if it's way. working effortlessly. There's mm -hmm. no, you know, you you don't, you don't have to go out there and build clientele. The clientele just came to you. I mean, I built my clientele off printing black and white flyers mm -hmm. and posting them in the laundry room in college. Like it wasn't no social media. Absolutely. You, you know, did it I, the hard way. The hard way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, I kind of, I took the stairs for sure. Uh-huh. I know, right? Because, listen, yeah. today it's the Jetsons. They it's ain't the taking. Jet <laughs> at all. <laughs> at taking all. no stairs. They ain't taking no stairs. Mm -hmm. But I took the stairs and I'm appreciative because, you know, it's almost just like being in that era of, like, there's a generation now that, that doesn't know life without a cell phone. That's right. And yeah. So I, I, I came in the era. You, of course, were in the era, in the era 
where you can live life without a cell phone. Yeah. And you know how to still live. Function. And function. Mm-hmm. This new generation, they don't know how to do that. Yeah. And it's the same way with barbering that it's a generation that they don't know how to cut without enhancements. Like, they learn how to use enhancements. They in first school? went in barber school, you know. That's terrible. And so now they can You feel like that's ethical? <laughs> it's ethical. It it's, is. It's not unethical, but, you know, you got you to gotta understand, like, when I started cutting, you know, it goes back to the example that I use about a generation not, knowing how to live life without cellular devices or without social media mm-hmm. or all the outlets that we have today. Like mm-hmm. when I learned how to start cutting, it was just raw talent. Like, it was right. like you just had to be good at cutting. Right. No matter who sat in your chair, no matter the texture of the hair, mm-hmm. no matter the, the, the grade of the hair, like none of that matters. You just have to be good at cutting hair. That's true. You got to know how to give a sharp line with no additives. Right. Like you got to know how to do those things. And so yeah. now in barber school and barbers that's learning how to cut, like they got spray guns, spray enhancement guns, the first week they get their barber kit, and that's just crazy to me because it's like that's you right. hadn't even gotten the fundamentals down, right? You know, before you start using enhancements, and so now you use enhancements to cover up what you are not efficient and proficient at. That's right. And so you know these client these clients go home, and you know they go wash their hair, shampoo their hair, and then they get out the shower and they look like they ain't even have a haircut. That's right. Or they like they cut their hair themselves, and it's not like they can recreate the enhancement enhancement. so it's gone it's gone do you okay let me ask you this do you feel as though it should be introduced later maybe but but not in the first week right that's crazy like honestly i feel like it needs to be a level of skill before it's before you even start using enhancements that's right you got to learn the fundamentals of anything anything the foundation the foundation of anything that's right before you start doing the extra stuff right so if you don't understand the foundations you don't understand the fundamentals of cutting hair Mm -hmm. enhancements shouldn't you shouldn't even touch an enhancement gun you shouldn't touch a fiber kit like you shouldn't do any right right you got to get the foundation down that's right because the foundation is trash when they go home and wash it off Oh, MG. I didn't know that. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. I had no idea now in barber school that they were. And it may not necessarily be by the instructor, but it's a trend. And you already know people just follow trends. They they do what they see other people doing. Just like when I was in barber school. Let me give you a prime example. Mm-hmm. The barber school that I went to, I was the very, fir- the very first person ever in that barber school's history to bring a ring light to school. I was the very oh, first person to bring wow. a ring light. Uh-huh. But me bringing a ring light wasn't for anything other than I had already trained my eye to cut without a ring light. Right. And you so had to. I like, had to. think about I mean, it. I was yeah. cutting in dark environments and things. And that unexpectedly cutting. Unexpectedly, unexpectedly cutting. So right. when I got to barber school, I brought a ring light not to show off, but because, like, I had already trained my eye. I, like, it was no reason for me to strain my eye anymore. Mm-hmm. I could travel with a ring light or whatever. Yes. Next thing you know, monkey see, monkey do. Now you're about to bring a ring light. Right. <laughs> so now you go to the same barber school, everybody in there has a ring light. Oh, wow. But I started... That whole thing, about, and I regret it to this day, but... Why do you regret it? They don't need ring lights, man. You you got to learn the basics. Mm-hmm. You got to learn how to cut in environments where it's not feasible to cut because that's how you get good at cutting hair. Yeah. Like, that's how I got good at cutting hair. I got good at mm-hmm. cutting hair because I trained my eye to be able to cut in very low dim in dark environments. Mm-hmm. So that way when I got in light, it just made everything pop. easier and faster. Yeah, and pop. So if, yeah, so if you can master mm-hmm. cutting in the dark, Imagine what you can do in the light. Yeah. And so now you have a generation of people that are entitled to cut in the light. Yeah. Without being trained in the dark. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. You know, 
it just really separate the amateur from the professional. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because, I mean, not saying that they're not professionals, because when you do go through barber school, you get your license, you are a professional, but you you still operating at an amateur level at the end of the day. Skill wise. Skill wise. Exactly. Yeah. You, yeah. There we go. Skill wise, you yeah. are because yeah. even when you say you know, you don't know where you may have to cut. Mm-hmm. You know, I know I've been in the bridal world. Mm-hmm. I'm sure your wife mm-hmm. has expressed how dim the lights are in the mm-hmm. hotel rooms. And it's annoying, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's even, you know, when you when you mention that now I'm thinking they're like, yeah, it is very difficult for me to do hair, especially dark hair in a dark room, right. you know, or for me to see what I'm doing. So if you learn you know, how to do whatever it is that you do and whatever field that you decide to, you know, you know, navigate in the in, in the industry, then mm-hmm. you are going to be great at what mm-hmm. you do, you know. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. True. I I agree. Lord, mm-hmm. we're going to have a lot of crutches. A whole lot of them. Yeah. A whole lot of crutches. Yep. So mm-hmm. got to learn, got to learn the fundamentals before you move on to the advanced stuff. You yeah. Know, and a lot of people try to move to the advanced and the pro level. And they hadn't even got out of rookie season yet. You know, yeah. it, it, to, and everything is a process. Right. And everything is levels. Levels. And everybody in this generation, in this new generation. Rather, lazy. Lazy mm-hmm. and trying to skip levels. Mm-hmm. You know, they trying yeah. to compare their chapter one to somebody's chapter 20. Child. Try, somebody's <laughs> chapter one to somebody's chapter 10. It's like, bro, it's not the same thing. No. It's not the same thing thing at all. We actually, you know, for my son, we opt out for enhancements. We don't want it. Yeah. No, we don't want it. It's not necessary. Kids don't ask for that. No. (laughs) And they, Uh, most adults don't ask for it, but kids definitely don't ask for it. Yeah. No. Yeah, for sure. All righty. How has the role of a barber evolved over the years? It has evolved over the years in terms of it being an industry of, higher pricing yes you know right now this number one number one Mm -hmm. like that's probably the biggest evolution of the barber game is haircuts are more expensive now than they've ever been Mm -hmm. um and it's fair you know it's been it's been long overdue Mm -hmm. you know when you're dealing with a professional Mm -hmm. you got to pay what a professional charge absolutely you you if you want and I'm not saying that all professionals charge a, a higher ticket because that's not that's not factual. That's not the case. Mm-hmm. However, if you have a man who's in demand, yes, then you're gonna have to pay that ticket. Absolutely, if that's what they charge. Absolutely, and if they don't charge that, then lucky you. Yeah, take advantage of it while while you can. Yeah, while they don't know you. While they don't know, <laughs> you know, while they may be ignorant in their their own doing. That's true. Um, but that's the biggest evolution is the pricing of the end of the of the barbering industry. You see a mm-hmm. lot of a lot more barbers charging more, and I think it's fair and it's just and it's it right. is extremely fair, and yeah. you know, and and it's long overdue because long I believe in the sixties they were charging with like five three yeah. dollars. Mm-hmm. It's two thousand twenty four. Yeah. And people still want to charge twenty five dollars mm-hmm. for a cut. That yeah. makes no sense, even when you think about the decades, mm-hmm. you know, in between time. And you know, like, come on, yeah. You you mean to tell me we done went up what twenty dollars since the sixties? Sixty years. Get out of here! And y'all want to complain about pricing and barbering, mm-hmm. child? And a lot <laughs> and a lot of clients that now they want more. While paying less, and it's like, bro, like this is not a flea market. Yes, absolutely. You know, they a lot of people treat the barbering industry like it's literally a flea market. Industry. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that's that's our fault. You know, that's the it bar- is. That's the I always say it's the fault. four founders. You know, the they fault. set the wrong foundation for us. Yeah, 
you know, and it's also about climate. It's all about economy, economics, you know. So, of course, back then, things were not as expensive as they are now. You know, That's you, right. The, the price of bread was slightly decreased. Right. You know, and so, you know, one thing that I heard a, a barber say, and I thought it was a pretty valid point, was the price of your haircut should cover, in today's climate, mm-hmm. the minimum price of your haircut should at least cover just one tank of gas. From from E. From E to E all the way to full. You know, so in most cases, in today, you know, what barbers drive, you know, the cars that they drive, I mean, now to get a full tank of gas from E is going to be about 35 to $40. That's right. So at minimum, that, at should be minimum. Like, that should be the base price. That's right. You know, for a haircut however much a tank of gas costs. Yeah. So when you look at a tank of gas back in the day, now when you start thinking about Child. it economically, it was less, it was a lot less expensive. What? 99 cents. 99 cents. Less than 99 cents, you know? Yeah. So you could tell the difference. Yeah. And so the barbering game and industry has to catch up to the, to the market now. Yeah. So that you can at least just have an affordable living. And that's why clients are having a hard time adjusting because we are catching up. We're so it seems up. like a big... It's uh, like, bro, you've, had the, you've paid the same thing for the last... How many years? You've gotten raises and increases. Oh, there job. you go. That's Especially exactly what I was about to say. Come Especially on. Especially those that are in corporate America. Come you on. Know, they've got, you know, and they'll leave a job if they don't get it. Come know, on. So, but now you want the barber to. And, and let me leave kitchen. from behind his chair. Right. Because y'all don't want to pay. Mm-hmm. Come on now. Like even $35 ain't even asking for a lot. When you think about comparing the price mm-hmm. from the 60s to today that's mm-hmm. not a lot of money y'all have gotten thousands of dollars of raises since the 60s mm-hmm. you know so it's just a big hit to me for clients because it's like all of a sudden you know because all, we're playing catch up we're playing right, right, catch up right. you know what i'm saying so yeah. like you said it was just from the jump it was not you know the price and structure was not right yeah. from the jump because at the end of the day this is a luxury service it's very much so a luxury service. It's just like, you know, if you order, if you are ordering Uber Eats or DoorDash, oh, okay. you need to tip big. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be ordering that stuff if you can't afford to tip big. That's right. That's, that's a luxury, you know? Yeah. It's a convenient service for you to get, you know, especially maybe for those that don't have vehicles or cars or whatever like that. Right. But if that's the case, you need to eat at home. That uh, or go get it yourself, or go get it yourself. <laughs> but if you, if you are having people go pick up your food, mm-hmm. although I don't use these services myself, but I just see other people using, yeah. them, and people are bringing you your food conveniently. Mm-hmm. You ain't even got to get up from your desk, or, yes. You know, really get up from your couch, other than to answer the door. The other than that, you need to tip big. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about a measly ten percent, fifteen. Yeah. You need to tip big. Yeah, seriously. You yeah, know because what? that's a luxury service. That's what the rich do. The, they have stuff brought to them. They yes. don't go out to the store and get them. That, no. So if you go act no. rich, then you need to spend rich. <laughs> so you know that's that's just to that that's just the the aspect of convenience and like you said, a luxury service. Right. You know, yeah. like I see people all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, in different groups, like they'll be like, "I need a mobile barber." Okay. Well, you got to pay mobile barber prices. You like, sure do. You can't expect to pay. Shop prices at your house. Like I'm bringing the shop. I'm bringing to the your shop house. to you. Mm-hmm. And so that's gonna come at a premium. Absolutely. You know, Literally, that's gonna come at a premium <laughs> no. for time, for gas, for travel, yep. wear and tear, unload, yeah, packing, unloading, yeah, reloading. Absolutely. I yep. mean, I just listed and setting all, back up. Right. I'm, you know? I just listed ten things that have to be done. Yeah. And yet you want me to charge the same exact price that I would charge it as if you came to me. Yeah. You're skimping. And you're taking advantage and you're manipulating people. And you know why, though? It's also because they're so used to us taking this low dangling fruit that 
they don't expect us to aim higher. Right. In terms of tools and techniques, what are the most significant changes you've witnessed in the barbering industry throughout your career? Emphasizing the tool aspect is now the increase of like clipper manufacturers and the amount of clippers that are actually being manufactured. Oh, elaborate. Meaning that like it's just like an influx of clippers that are just being made like of different brands. Different brands are coming out. Um, Do you feel like it's a necessity? Not necessarily. It's just a luxury. You know, it's kind of all competition. I mean, you even see like some of the big companies like acquiring some of the smaller ones. Okay. So like, for instance, like uh, Conair, which Mm -hmm. many people know, like you can get their blow dryer in HEB or Walmart or whatever for $20. You know, on the the cheapest level. Mm -hmm. But Conair bought the clipper company Babyliss. So did they? They did. Mm -hmm. I did not know that. Yeah. So basically anytime you buy a Babyliss clipper, you're actually just buying a Conair clipper. They just have it. And it's it's no different than in in the car industry, how, you know, Ford is over Lincoln. Right. Lincoln is oh, a Ford Lincoln. company. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Link- I thought yes. you meant like, let me tell you, I'm thinking L-I-N-K-I-N-G, not no. L-I-N-C-O-L-N. Yes, <laughs> no. yes, yes. So, you Absolutely. know, just like Ford is over the yeah. Lincoln aspect of Absolutely. the business. Absolutely. Like Hyundai. Kind of, correct. And uh, Genesis. Genesis, yes. Right, gotcha. So that's yeah. kind of how the the barbering or the clipper industry is That now. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you, you kind of see a lot of these bigger companies either branching off and small, starting smaller companies or mm-hmm. they are acquiring maybe these independent smaller companies that are seemingly doing well uh-huh. and taking them and scaling them and adding their clippers to the inventory. That's but amazing. That, that's the biggest thing about the barbering industry today. Like, it's really not a clipper that you can't get. Like, a lot of clippers are cordless now, which I absolutely hate. Oh, why? Um, I want to know. I mean, why it's just because it's just not the same quality. They don't last as long. I mean, you can get a corded clipper and all of the cords are pretty annoying. Yeah. You know, corded clippers are durable. They're more reliable. They're yeah. stronger. Yeah. You know, anything that's direct electricity, right? Electricity. So when you have cordless clippers, they're not, it's, it's not as strong. Yeah. So you could tell the difference. Like Oster came out with the cordless Oster fast feed. Okay. That clipper was very, now the original corded fast speed is not a heavy clipper. Okay. But the cordless Oster Fast Speed was actually a lot lighter than the corded one. Okay. However, it was trash. It didn't even last a full year. It, wow. it was it was raggedy. Like it just was not a good experience mm-hmm. having it. But that corded that corded one yes. is the champ. Gotcha. It's the gold standard. It's amazing. I didn't have that clipper since I started cutting hair. And that was over ten years ago and it still runs like a champ. Wow. So that's the biggest evolution mm-hmm. and changes that you see with tools. Mm-hmm. And as far as technique, not much technique has changed. Yeah. Um, other than barbers now cut slower today than barbers of past time. Barbers of past time cut a lot faster. Why? Um, it's just that that was just kind of the culture. Like it was a volume based business. So barber, like you had to know how to cut fast. You had to know how to get clients in and out. Now you have barbers that cut slower. They offer more services, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's a shampoo, whether it's them doing a black mask before the client gets out the chair, mm-hmm. whether it's them offering a complimentary shoulder massage. Like, you know, the add-ons mm-hmm. now are a little bit more extensive as far as time goes. Mm-hmm. So where barber, you could used to get your hair cut in 10 to 15 minutes and be in and out. Now yeah. service is going to range anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. Yeah. Sometimes a little true. longer than that, depending on what you're getting and who's actually cutting your hair. That's right. So as far as technique and, uh, and tools go, that's kind of the biggest change in the evolution that you see mm-hmm. in that space is 
you know, the influx of Clippers. You see yeah. a variety of court courtless Clippers now yeah. than we've ever seen before. And you just kind of see that change of, you know, services taking a little bit longer than they did in past times. What do you think about, like, in your environment, this is obviously a one-on-one environment. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like... Is that like a huge evolvement to you? Or yeah, do you, yeah, absolutely. You think but I've so? always cut by myself, though. So okay. I, I've never cut in a shop. Um, I've never cut with anybody else before. Mm-hmm. So all I know is me. Gotcha. Um, other than like when I had my storefront location mm-hmm. and I've hired other barbers and things of that, yeah. things of that nature. I've experienced that like on a smaller scale. Yeah. But just you know, relative to like jumping out of barber school mm-hmm. and going to work in the shop, like I, did, I that wasn't my route. I didn't do that. Yeah. So that's a foreign concept to me. That's nothing that I probably would would ever do. Yeah. Why? I, I mean, I just had done it. Um, I experienced it a little bit in barber school. Mm-hmm. You know, people get jealous of you. You know, when you they envy, are, they envy mm-hmm. you know, when you're good at what you do, you yep. know, so you kind of feel the slight, you kind of feel the hate. You feel, you can read the room, you feel the energy, even if you have confidence too, you yeah. know, if you have confidence or yep. if you, if you booked all day and then the barber next to you ain't I only seen three people today, mm-hmm. like let's go breed, let's go breed comparison, you know, and it's just like a whole, mm-hmm. it's a whole thing of just like, bro, like that's, that's drama. Like, I'm and it's here, supposed I'm to be to community, it's supposed you know to be what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that all shops are like that, so I don't ever want to paint the picture no this is your experience this is my personal experience Mm -hmm. this is not a a, a macro overview of the barber industry because i don't know i hadn't hadn't explored it multiple times to know like someone who's maybe a little bit more experienced than me Mm -hmm. who they know nothing but the shop environment versus like a one-on-one experience so Mm -hmm. i don't want to cast that stone Mm -hmm. you know and just say that oh this is how all shops are because then I, I would be lying yeah. and I don't lie. So, mm-hmm. but for That's my personal right. experience it's just, you know, I, it's something that I would, I could do away with. I cool. can relate to that. Okay. I really can. You yeah. know, it, it, you know, in the ideal world, you do want it to work. You yeah. get things yeah, done yeah. a lot easier, right. you know, more efficient, you have help. But in reality, you know, if you're dealing with people who are operating from their ego, it is, yes. it is difficult. Definitely operating from their ego. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is. So I definitely prefer the one-on-one environment myself. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. In a perfect world. Yeah. But, yeah. Eh, 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 eh. For sure. <laughs> How's the perception of the barbering profession changed over time and how do clients expectations differ now? Yeah. I mean, it goes back to the pricing point that we talked about earlier. Mm. Now that barbers are charging more Mm. clients are expecting more. Yes. And that can be good and bad Uh um, because now, you know, because you're charging, you know, a higher price point for a haircut, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of the clients looking at the haircut like they used to and just be like, Oh yeah, this is a good haircut. Like, now they're trying to find a flaw in the haircut. Because I it is know, right? You know, that's kind of the unfortunate and annoying point. Mm-hmm. Annoying part is just so annoying because it's mm-hmm. like, bro, like stop, like stop fishing for something yep. to be wrong. Yeah, because you're you gonna know. find something. You're gonna, wrong. you're gonna find something, and it's nothing mm-hmm. wrong. It's, it's just... nothing that's wrong. But you're gonna find something wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, you're gonna find something to pick at. Yeah. You know, you're gonna try to find the imperfection. You're gonna, as a matter of fact, you're gonna create create a, that, an imperfection. That's what. Mm-hmm. That, and you, know, you, you will and when you, you will. go looking for mm-hmm. it. You feel when you me? You go looking for it versus just looking in the mirror. Bam, bam. Oh yeah, this good. Like nothing looks out of place. It's all good. Yeah. But if you sit there and you just look in the mirror for two, three minutes. Yeah. I promise you, you're gonna find yep, something. Oh, yep. this side look a little. No, that's uh, it's just fine. It's straight. It's it's straight. <laughs> you it's, said it's, it's fine. It's just fine. You know. Yeah, and and that's funny you say that because we experience it too. Yeah. You know, all yeah. the time you'd be like, makes the job exhausting for sure. Yeah, you I, know? Had, I had a first time client come in the other day, 
And my first time client price is the most expensive price on my on my booking site. Understandably, mm-hmm. though, you know, yeah. it should be, yeah. you know, just to kind of get in with me. And so, he, mm-hmm. I mean, he was a great guy, cool dude. Uh, no knock on him. Um, but he looked in the mirror and he, you know, he was holding it and he was just like, man, I'm just trying, I'm trying to find something wrong. And I don't, you know, I can't, you know, and he was kind of saying it. I feel like yeah, in a joking it was a compliment. Way. It was a compliment Absolutely. Um, and it was comical. So I didn't, of course I didn't take it personal. Like, oh bro, like it ain't nothing that's wrong. But in the kind of the back of my mind, I'm like, bro, you know, you know, it's yeah, ain't that wrong. It's, it ain't nice. Nothing, it's, it's nice. <laughs> it's nice. It's crispy. It's crisp. Like it, it's, it's literally what you pay for. You know, my like cousin you, come to you. So I yeah, know yeah, for sure. Okay. Oh, Tony. Tony come to you. So I know for sure you Liddy. You like that because he's very particular. Yeah. yeah. So I know, you know. Man, shout out to Tony. Yeah, he is always oof. That's that's my heart. I love him to death. Yeah. Are there specific grooming trends or styles that were popular back in the day but have significantly evolved or faded away in the modern era? Yeah, like classic afros. You classic know. afros for the old, sure. The, the old Colin Kaepernick holding on to right, it, right? Right. <laughs> um, but the classic afros where it's like, you know, they call it like the Deacon haircut, like it's it's pristine, it's yes, it's it's cut just right. Yes. Like it ain't a hair out of place. <laughs> So, you know, that's gone out of style. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, modern day trend is like take that same look and sponge it, make it look messy. Absolutely. So that's been like the evolution of styles and, and haircut trends. You know, mohawks was a thing for a while. Yeah. Burst fades. Yes. Um, but mm-hmm. that's, you know, you know, you hardly ever see guys with mohawks and burst yeah. fades. Now, now mm-hmm. you see a lot of drop fades. Yeah. Ball fades kind of came and went and then they came back. So, ball, you know, some, some guys are getting ball fades now. Okay. But other than that, like, you you know, you just kind of see two or three different haircut styles kind of mm-hmm. go and maybe they don't return. Right. And sometimes they'll return and they'll come with a full vintage. It's just, it's just like fashion. Yeah. You know, certain styles true. will go away for a little bit, but then they'll come they'll back. Come and then certain back. styles, you just, you know, you don't see guys wearing bell bottoms anymore. Like that's. Oh, <laughs> or, or, you know, or, you, or, you know, or you don't see guys Gee. wearing. You know, high heels. Man. You know, that was a 70s thing. That was and it, a it, 70s it, it, thing. And it died. Yeah, retro in its, era. The, a retro era. It mm. died in the state. Like, yeah. it, it didn't It didn't come back. It didn't resurrect. So, <laughs> you know, very similar state. to fashion is the same with hair. Like, some styles just don't go back, uh, come back. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't see guys perming their hair anymore. That no. was a trend for a yeah. while. Guys were perming their hair, or getting mm. straightening kits. and Dukes. I think they were called Dukes yeah. and S-curls. Yeah, S-curls. Yes. Like, you don't see the wet, curly look anymore. <laughs> no. People rocking their texture. They're working. <laughs> they're rocking their natural texture now you know they not you, you know you don't have to worry about hugging nobody and getting a little grease on the side of your face like, breaking our neck breaking our yeah so you know that style that style stayed it never it never resurrected and Thank it won't God. come back you yes, know yes. so again just like fashion hair is the same exact way some That's styles true. will come back and mm-hmm. others will stay in the grave where they where they need to remain what haircut do you perform the most you feel the fade the and fade. it's not the Kelsey fade, by the way. That's the that's the newest terminology mm-hmm. and trend. And I want to rest assured that <laughs> Travis Kelsey <laughs> is not the first individual, first man to rock the fade. Oh, so that's a thing Contrary where they are to, making it his thing. Yeah, they just did it this Super Bowl week, right at the start of Black History Month. Because I he's, did he's not, like the only. I, he's like I'm not gonna say he's the only, but to them. He's the only like white guy with that type of fade. Absolutely not. And, that, and, that, and and he didn't start that. Not at all. And it sucks because he has a white barber as well. And it's nothing against people of other persuasions. But I'm just saying, you know, they're trying to create a trend out of something that black, black men, people 
black men. Black men have been rocking for a long time. What is this about him and just Taylor? They just want that's just like that, right? And and it's just like you know that's just like if if you had a white guy that was rocking braids. Like he didn't, he didn't, he, start that. he didn't start that. No like, different from Kim Kardashian. It's like always borrowing from the culture and making right. it theirs. And right. it's no, it's no shade. It's no, it's just the facts. Right. And, 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 and it's just giving credit where credit is due. Yeah. You know, like Kelsey did not. I cre- did not know that they were They just started uh, last week during the interviews. They was, I can't remember the exact line of questioning. So you have to look that up for your own reference, but it definitely was what they were trying to insinuate is all Kelsey. Like, you know, the haircut of yours, like, you know, and it's, it's like, nothing, it's nothing spectacular at all. That's Kelsey got a fade, bro. Big fuzz. <laughs> yeah, Kelsey. Because it's on a white man, because maybe. A, that's why. Because it's like a, a mostly, they don't rock. They don't wear haircuts like that. No, so that's don't. a trend for them. That's a trend for them. But we've been the trendsetters for years. For, and still, Lord, let's just be honest. Mm-hmm. Lord have mercy. It's no shade. It's just the truth. It's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's no, nothing I, for I, nobody I, to get their feelings involved. It's just facts. Don't care about don't feelings Don't even turn this podcast off. Keep listening. Don't get offended. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's nothing to get offended by. No. But it's mm-hmm. also just a, knowing the truth about the differences in culture. That's right. Always how black culture is always looked down upon. Or it's looked at as like some type of ghetto, fabulous trend, or it's, that's not mm-hmm. professional, or that's not classy, or we're not going to acknowledge it. But then when someone else does it, it's all of cool. a sudden, you know, it's, it's just like just like for instance, like you look at Taylor Swift and how she's made massive headlines for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, but Sierra don't get that same love, and her mm-hmm. husband is a quarterback in the that, NFL and that, they're actually married with children and a family. Like uh, this is not like boyfriend, girlfriend, sensational love. Thank you. This is like husband and wife. Sierra's a superstar. Yeah. Now I'm not necessarily saying that she may have the same exact accolades as Taylor Swift, Yeah. but Sierra is an icon in yeah. her own right. You she know, the sure same way is. that Beyonce would be an icon and yep. Kelly Rowland would be an icon. Right. Like Sierra is a, is her own icon. She's probably the best female dancer and singer. She, man, she definitely know, is the in best the, in the R and B industry. Female dancer for sure. Yeah, yeah. you know, so she she's on that same in that same metric with Michael Jackson and Chris Brown and yeah. all of these other great performers. Like Sierra is that girl. She's yeah. that she's that woman, but she don't get any type of love, any type mm-hmm. of anything. Like I said, her her husband is the quarterback. Now, is the quarterback. You know, it's. But again, that's the that's the difference. Yeah, you know, you can have a Taylor Swift that can just kind of out of nowhere, you know, come to an NFL game and now it's this stardom, you know. But Beyonce, who is the most nominated, if I recall correctly, the most Grammy nominated, but or no album of the year. no album of the year. I mean, you have to notice the difference, you, you know. Sure so do. you know, people can't say they don't see color. If they say that they're lying, mm-hmm. you have to be able to see it to know that there's that. Every other culture takes from black culture. Absolutely. Whether it's hairstyle, whether it's music, whether it's dancing trends, whether it's fashion. fashion yep. You know, that's just what it is. Yep. And, you know, being black and proud, you know, you're proud to say that. Yeah. But at the same time, you deal with the plight of that as well to know that we, mm-hmm. you, we, we won't ever get the accolades. Nope, um, no, no. But Jay-Z gave Sagittarius energy all day <laughs> long. I said, oh, he got up there and told y'all nothing but the truth. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, you needed to hear it, you know, and also understand no one is ignorant to it. Right. Because you may be thinking, like, oh, we'll give her a couple of Grammys and no album of the year and she'll be fine. She'll be but fine, it's like, right. oh, no, 
We, we notice. see. We notice and we see it. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it, it's the same thing with hair. You know, Kelsey mm. did not invent the fade. The fade's been circulating and going around the black community Cheers. for as far back as we can remember. Um, and it's. I, I mean, did not. I'm glad you told me that. I did not know that. I'm gonna definitely look that up. Yeah, yeah. So exhausting. Very you know, it's it's super exhausting. You know, we go through great lengths to do what we do, how we do it, mm-hmm. and only for even with TikTok. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll create any type of. You know, um, I can't even think right now. But content, right. <laughs> create some content. It does well. White people, and I'm not being, you know, defensive at all, but white people will take it. And for some reason, their numbers jump higher mm-hmm. when we were the originators. Mm-hmm. I remember I seen this girl. She used to be a dancer for a college. Mm-hmm. And she created her own little dance to that song. Um, oh, crap. I can't think of it. But anyways, it went stupid. I know, I know exactly which video you're talking okay, about. Okay, it went stupid viral. Yeah. And... um. Next thing you know, she had like six figure views. Like I think it was like one hundred sixty thousand mm-hmm. views, I believe, or it was likes, whatever. It was one of the two. But a white girl took that same concept, same content, same video, mm-hmm. winning the millions. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, are y'all intentionally pushing white content creators, you know, content right. out, you yeah. know, and not? Black people, I know one girl was saying like she's going on strike because she's sick of it. Hmm. I was like, we kind of all need to go on strike. Yeah. And let's see how well you do with creating content. Right. You might still get the numbers, but let's see how original you really are. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, that that happens all across cultures. Yeah. You know, fashion, hair. Yeah. Styling, music. Everything. No no categories off the list. Nope. Not at all. Off the list. You and your wife are both in the beauty and grooming industry. Do you feel as though you share similar customer personality traits when it comes to resolving concerns for our customers? No, we we are opposite of mm-hmm. everything. So you know, we don't we don't share the same commonality in that regard. Good. Well, so, I mean, a it kind of <laughs> yeah, it, but I mean, it kind of it balances everything out. Mm. You know, she's a lot more patient. Um, I'm a little bit more. What's the word that I'm looking for? I'm more direct, mm-hmm. you know. So, you know, just kind of having the even balance definitely helps out a lot. So, yeah, we're we're not we're not one in the same in that. Yeah, <laughs> in that space. Do you feel like her clientele, since it's predominantly women or only women for mm-hmm. sure, since she's a yeah. bridal hairstylist, do you feel as though uh, the personality traits of her clients are very different from your clients? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because you know, she deals with people on their big day. I don't. Yes. So, you know, she deals with people one time. I deal with people on a recurring basis. So the dynamic is very, very different. Yeah. You know, she has a bad experience with one individual. She never has to really worry about it again. Like 99.8%, she probably won't have to, you know, deal with that person again. Yeah. Unlike um, you, it's a revolving. But with me, it's, it's a it's a revolving and, and a recurring process mm-hmm. where someone may kind of constantly come to me and I accept their service. Or, you know, accept their business. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it's it's a lot different. Yeah. It's a lot different. So, that, again, that's why she can have more patience. 
Cause she's like, I mean, as long as ain't nobody cussing her out or doing nothing crazy like that, mm-hmm. you know, you just kind of let stuff roll off your, your back like water off a duck's back. Like you just kind of let it flow and go. Mm-hmm. And she's a phenomenal bridal hairstylist. Yeah. Like her work is amazing. Thank so she so ain't, she ain't gonna be dealing with a yeah. lot. No way. Yeah. And yeah. you can also see she love what she do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's all in the craft. Mm-hmm. You know, in in her finishes, she's amazing. Thank you so much. You're welcome. How do you feel about parents cutting their child's hair off as punishment? And would you ever uh, consider I pro- this? No, I, I probably would not consider doing it. Mm-hmm. But again, I, I need context as to why you're doing it or mm-hmm. why you're asking me to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if everyone has a different way of disciplining their children, but hair is a prideful thing. And I never want to create a traumatic experience for children in the barbershop. But at the same time, again, it's all about context. You know, I am a, I am a disciplinarian, so I'm a big person about teaching a lesson. Absolutely. So, you know, if maybe this is a way to kind of steer your child in a different direction mm-hmm. um, to kind of really capture their attention because I do mm-hmm. believe in the shock value of certain things. Yes, indeed. Then, you know, that may be something that we can discuss to do. But, again, I have to know the context. Like, don't just come to me asking to do that because my answer is immediately going to be no. Mm-hmm. Cause again, I don't want to create a traumatic experience for a child in a barbershop for them to have a bad relationship with getting a haircut mm-hmm. because of the decision of their parents. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a double sided answer, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't have like one specific way to answer it. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, I, I really love your answer though, yeah, yeah, yeah. because it's saying, you know, initially no but i definitely need to know to understand the circumstances yeah you know like one kid his dad brought him to the barbershop because he was making fun of a kid with cancer a kid with cancer yeah you know yeah so in those situations it's like hmm you know <laughs> yeah and i mean sometimes like you don't experience stuff unless you experience it That's so right. in that situation i would definitely do it you know it's like <laughs> he was making fun of a kid with cancer and he knew that he was making fun of a kid. It's With different cancer. if he didn't know. That's but, right. you know, you make a kid of a, uh, I mean, making fun of a kid who is sick. He's that your right. peer. Mm. You know that he's sick and you have no empathy for that. Well, let's go ahead and buzz your hair yep. off the same way that they had to. And let's see how you feel about that. Right. We're going to create empathy let's today. Create, let's create. Look, if you're not going to give it, let's create it. <laughs> yeah. If, 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 if you're not going to give it, let's create it. So in that instance, yes, bring him in, sit in his chair and you better not shed not one tear. <laughs> better not share one tear <laughs> we we shall go create yeah it. we're gonna create it oh i love it that was a great answer Whew. what role does community play in the life of a modern day barber compared to the past um it's just again a lot of time a lot of times clients now um they, they prefer one-on-one environments versus mm-hmm. just kind of you know big shop industries or structures i should say mm-hmm you know, back in the day, it used to kind of be a hub for to come and talk about sports and right. maybe to play the game You know, when gaming systems came out. Or, right. You know, just kind of have that community in that way. Mm-hmm. But now, like, people are just kind of so hustle and bustle. It's just a lot more mm-hmm. transactional than it is relational. That's true. And, again, it's, it doesn't have to be bad. You know, certain aspects mm-hmm. of it are just like, ah, I wish it was a little bit more relational. But, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people are just kind of more hustle and bustle. So they just like, hey, bro, I'm just trying to get a cut and get out. I got to go to the gym. I got to go pick up the kids. I got to go about home to say, and make dinner. Like, it's just kind of like a lot more yeah. grinding type of culture versus, mm-hmm. hey, man, we just stopping by the shop to chop it up real quick before we, yeah. before we go, in, go in. I was passing by. I just wanted to see what was up. Mm-hmm. You know? The world has evolved in a way that has changed that mm-hmm. culture you know that culture has definitely changed mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot a lot of people are very transactional yes you know not, not a lot of people are relational anymore so that's that's been the biggest difference mm-hmm. is the transaction um based business versus the relation relational driven business i should say that's so true absolutely 
What do you want to see evolve more in the future for barbers? Uh, just constant customer service. Continue to have great customer service. Mm-hmm. Um, continue to charge what you need to charge to make a, a to make a living. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying that you got to be charged the highest. I'm not saying that you need to charge the lowest, but mm-hmm. charge what you what you know is right for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and do it with with confidence. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a market for everyone, so right. You know, there's a market for the for the thirty dollar guy. There's a market for the forty and the fifty and the sixty. Like you can go up in ten dollar increments, and there's gonna be a different market. That's true for those different price increments. So mm-hmm. you know, that's what I want to continue continue to see evolve. It's just like the if the pandemic didn't teach us anything else, it taught us that barbers are essential because barbers were sought after. After the pandemic, Man, you know, and during, influx. During, an influx and during mm. the pandemic, entitled clients realize that they can't do this by themselves. Yeah. You know, clients that thought that, oh, I can cut my own hair. Or this is easy to do. They realize during the pandemic, they really can't not it's do that. It's a skill craft. It's a skill. It's a craft. It's mm-hmm. an art. And it's a certain way that you like it and you can't do it the mm-hmm. way that you like it. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it creates a demand, you know, yes. it creates a demand. So I, I, that's what I want to see continue to evolve. It's just the pricing aspect of everything. Mm-hmm. I want barbers to continue to improve their customer service yes. and their relational regard toward clients and don't, you know, feel like you the you the best in a city. Right. Because that creates an ego and a pride. Absolutely. Um, that, and all that, about you and, and not all about the client. you and not the client. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So definitely want to see that. Yeah. Want to see that. What I liked in our first podcast, you mentioned higher volume and lower mm-hmm. pricing. Correct. Can you speak on that as well? Like uh, where barbers are choosing not, I guess they are making that. That is a choice. You choosing not to evolve because mm-hmm. of you wanted to adapt to the old ways. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's just, you know, that's, an issue that a lot of older barbers deal with mm-hmm. that they don't want to lose. Maybe the guys that they've been cutting for a long time, that's been paying this price, you know, so they just kind of comfortable where they are. And I mean, that's just not in barbering, but that's just in life. Right. Like, you know, a lot of times, you know, you need to make changes, but you don't because right. you're comfortable with how things have been scared. Probably. And, and you're scared, you're mm-hmm. fearful and you're, you're afraid to embrace what's new, mm-hmm. you know? And so because of that, you know, there needs to be a, a thing of like, don't be afraid to evolve. Don't be afraid mm-hmm. to increase your price. Don't be afraid to take that prepayment. Like yeah. all of those things. If you know that you're reliable and you know that you're going to be there in your own time, mm-hmm. don't be afraid to take prepayments everywhere else takes prepayments. They besides do. the barbering industry. Yeah. Amazon is going to take a prepayment before you receive your, your, your item. You know, the shoe industry, if you order off Nike.com, you're going to prepay before you will get your shoes. You are. You, you know, you're going to prepay for your food online ordering before yeah. you even know what your food tastes like. Or, if you that know, it's not, like, so, so, you know, you have all of these things that you're prepaying for. So in the barbing industry, we're like an anomaly, like, oh, no, barbers shouldn't shouldn't prepay for haircuts. And it's like you prepay for everything else, though. So that's a norm. Make that the norm. Make that the norm. um, That's what I want to definitely see evolve is uh, that barbers just no longer are afraid that they step into boldness. They step into their courageous spirit to go get to the level that they need to be in their professional journey mm-hmm. so that they can continue to love the journey. Like they can continue to learn the, pro- love the profession. Absolutely. You know, because not you, getting burnt out, not getting burnt mm-hmm. out and be like, man, like I can't get out of this rut or I can't, I can't charge my clients more like, no. Cause then that's when people exit the industry that actually deserve to stay. Yeah. So don't be afraid to evolve. Absolutely. Don't be afraid to evolve. As a barber, what sets you apart from other barbers in the industry? I kind of leave that up for my clients to say. I just think it's more so just the experience. I love that. Yeah, I, just, I was I not leave, expecting it. Yeah, I leave that up for them to say. 
because I mean, I just do me. I, I, I perform with a standard of excellence, you know, with customer service, with the way that the website is set up, with communication, mm-hmm. you know, prior to you coming to your appointment, you know, all of those things. Like, I, I, I try to be the best and excel in all of those categories. Right. And that within itself automatically just kind of sets me apart mm-hmm. and creates a wonderful experience. So it's just an experience that clients won't get elsewhere, you know, mm-hmm. just from what I just offer, you know, shampooing the hair before they come greeting them properly at the door, having this one-on-one experience, allowing them to, to, to determine if they want to have a talkative experience or a quiet experience. Right. Like all, and these are things that they literally answer to me directly. So I'm literally letting them shape their experience the way that mm-hmm. they see it needs to be shaped yeah. versus like having a one size fits all, you know, type of shop. Like it's not like that. Like everybody has different needs. Right. So providing different services for different people. Mm-hmm. Um, again, allowing clients to, in a sense, tell me how they want their experience. It's to like go. a tailored experience. It's a tailored experience. Mm-hmm. That's what sets me apart from mm-hmm. other barbers. It's the tailored experience. And mm-hmm. you won't find that or get that anywhere else. It's I'm willing really to bet difficult. my bottom dollar on that. It's really difficult. Mm-hmm. I know. Trust yeah. me. Yeah. I know. So yeah. thank you so much, Darius. We have thoroughly enjoyed you sharing your experience and also your guidance and insights on being a barber in the industry. Please let our listeners know how they can further connect with you. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. You can connect with me on Instagram and Facebook at premium fade Lee premium fade league. Thank you so much for joining us on this captivating journey through the world of beauty. I'll hear what I'm saying. I hope you've enjoyed the insights and stories shared by our incredible guest, Darius from Premium Fade League. Before we go, a special shout out to our amazing listeners. Your support means the world to us. If you love today's episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. Your feedback keeps us inspired to bring you more fantastic content. Stay connected with us on social media at underscore hair what I'm saying underscore, where we'll be sharing behind the scene moments, sneak peeks and updates on upcoming episodes. If you have an interesting story to share, be sure to fill out our listener letters on our website at www.hairwhatimsaying.com. Until next time, this is Kenitra signing off from Hair What I'm Saying. Be blessed.